Future Sense is a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name, broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Hosted by Nick Jeans and well-known international futurist Steve McDonald, Future Sense provides a fresh, deep analysis of global trends and emergent technologies. How can we identify the layers of growth, personally, socially, and globally? What are the signs missed, the truths being denied? Science, history, politics, psychology, ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency, and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. Eugene of FM, it's of course the 16th of March, Monday the 16th of March. My goodness, the year is already zooming by and so much is going on. Um, thanks for your texts coming in regarding uh, everything. Um, and uh, yeah, lots of stuff to say. As I said, we're waiting also on a piece from Mia Armitage, our community newsroom uh, editor and uh, main news person in the station. Um, and we will be hopefully getting that from her uh, um, talk with local Lennox Head GP Dan Ewald, an adjunct professor and primary advisor to the North Coast uh, Primary Health Network um, fairly soon. So uh, we'll probably play that towards the end of the show. I'm now going to play um, some pieces from uh, John L. Peterson. Uh, just talking there to Steve McDonald, my co-host, who's over there, just visited John and recorded these pieces with Mitch Schultz, who's also often on this show. And uh, as we said, that John is considered to be one of the most informed futurists in the world. Now, uh, there's quite a few pieces here. I'm going to play w- what I played this morning. We'll see how far we go with everything going on. Um, and he does range very widely and very deep, and pretty it's pr- pretty out there, some of it. It's pretty out there. And, of course, you are listening to Future Sense, so you're going to get a bit of that here. And I just should say that there's nothing that we say on this show that we are personally saying this is the truth. These are just other ways of approaching other ideas, other ways of looking at things that may be valuable to you. You do your own research. You do your own thinking about everything. Uh, my personal uh, feeling is, you know, have your beliefs about anything. Have your beliefs, but don't believe in them too much. That becomes too fundamentalist. It closes down conversation. Uh, John Peterson is one of the world's top futurists, certainly is in the business of looking at all sorts of things from all sorts of angles in order to try and get the best estimation of what's going on. That doesn't mean he's right. It just means that he's looking at information that most of us do not look at most of the time. That's what a futurist does. Now, he was a graduate electrical engineer originally. Uh, originally he also promoted rock concerts, uh, produced conventions. He worked as a DJ, among other things. And he also had a lot of government and political experience, including stints at the National War College, the Institute for National Security Studies, the Office of the Secretary of Defense, and the National Security Council staff at the White House. He was a naval flight officer in the U.S. Navy, served in the Vietnam and the Persian Gulf Wars, both, and has had served in senior positions for a number of presidential political campaigns and was an elected delegate to the Democratic National Convention in 1984. He has twice been the runner-up to be Secretary of the Navy. So this man is a heavyweight. Um, and um, indeed, in 1989, he founded the Arlington Institute, as I said earlier, not-for-profit, future-oriented research institute. Um, the Arlington Institute operates on the premise that effective thinking about the future is impossible without casting a very wide net. And this is what he talks about in much of uh, the following that I'm going to be playing this morning. Uh, he ranges widely. The, the, the man is, uh, you know, he's getting on in years, clearly. So he stumbles and fumbles a little bit around. And uh, I did the best quickly yesterday to edit some of that out so that we get the clear stuff as clear as possible. But he does go on a little bit, and I acknowledge that. However, 
have a good listen if you are interested to this have a good listen to this man because he really touches on some quite brilliant things in my opinion he is actually an award-winning writer peterson's first book the road to 2015 profiles of the future was awarded outstanding academic book of 1995 by choice academic review and remained on the world future society's bestseller list for more than a year uh, his uh, co-authored article, The Year 2000, Social Chaos or Social Transformation, regarding the Y2K um, situation, is, was one of the most highly acclaimed writings on Y2K at that time. His 1988 book-length report, The Diffusion of Power, an Era of Realignment, was used at the highest levels of American government as a basis for strategic planning. He's a past board member of the World Future Society, writes on the future of aviation for a professional pilot magazine, and is the chairman of the board of directors of the Charles A and Anne uh, Morrow Lindbergh Foundation and many other things. This guy is not a lightweight. You can check out artingtoninstitute.org. That's the website. And uh, I'm going to play uh, some of these segments. This is the first piece where he talks about um, um, a bit of a summary. Of, we talk often uh, here on this show, as you know, uh, the work of Claire W. Graves. He doesn't mention Graves specifically here, but talks uh, about um, the, the change and the evolution of the planet and the transition times between eras, between paradigms that, that may occur. Uh, and he goes pretty far out here, but he gets further out as we go forward. So let's have a bit of a listen to John Peterson here from the Arlington Institute on Bay FM 99.9. It's 9.53. I'm John Peterson, and I'm a futurist, and I'm the founder and the president of the Arlington Institute, which is a think tank that I put together about 30 years ago. And we're located in Berkeley Springs, uh, West Virginia, about 100 miles from Washington, and Baltimore up in the mountains. So give us a summary, you know, maybe in a minute or two, of what you understand about this big consciousness shift that's going on in the world. From what we understand about how the world works and this reality works, there is a kind of a universal template. There's a universal pattern of evolution and however you define it and for however it comes from, whether you're a Darwinian or someone else, uh, there is constant change and upgrading and uh, evolution in terms of animals and plants and human beings, of course. And uh, there are the dynamics of that transition and those that process uh, can be mapped going back to the earliest things that we understand like single cellular life or multiple cellular life and vertebrates and mammals and so on and they have a common kind of pattern that's underneath that evolution and that there are long periods of time that are then followed by subsequent periods that are one-tenth of the length of the time that was before them, and they're constantly getting shorter and shorter and shorter. So they start with billions of years and go to millions of years and then hundreds of thousands of years and then tens of thousands of years and so on. And each one of these transitions is uh, an extraordinary kind of uh, jump evolutionary biologists call them punctuations. They go from one level up to the next level. 
and those transitions for instance uh, not only are the periods of time the eras becoming shorter and shorter but the transition times are getting shorter so the time between single cellular life and multiple cellular life is billions of years or something like that and it keeps getting shorter by again a factor of 10 and so you're into a period of time for instance where uh, you moved into cities and towns uh, that became active in organized agriculture and then when humans went into cities and towns and and written language first started up and then uh, you find yourself 500 years ago or so uh, when Gutenberg invented the movable type and humans started to fundamentally change the way that ideas got trans transmitted and proliferated across uh, all of the uh, the species and uh, and each one of those transitions is getting shorter and shorter and shorter so the one associated with movable type was maybe 300 years and if you then projected that further and you said computers and information technology represented a similar kind of uh, extraordinary kind of change, then it would be about a 30-year transition. And then you can easily see the progression. The next one would be three years and so on. Um, and so the period of time, the transition periods are getting shorter and shorter. And at the same time, each succeeding era, although shorter, has an extraordinary kind of uh, increase in the amount of information content, knowledge. You can measure it any number of ways. Complexity. And, And again, by a factor roughly of about 10. So you get shorter and shorter periods with extraordinary kind of explosions of information and so you get an exponential curve and that is what we're writing and now we're into what appears to be uh, a dramatic kind of transition uh, into a new space where the essence of who we are and what as human beings is going to fundamentally kind of change in a very short period of time and uh, the characteristics of that kind of change is an evolution of the species away from being just uh, physically oriented on the planet to uh, kind of the the linear scientific paradigm that uh, we've all grown up with to being this expanded multidimensional kind of space where we're not only physical, but we have this engagement with the larger multi-dimension, other dimensions of reality, and we become, if you will, almost uh, citizens of the, or participants and citizens in the in the larger in the larger sphere of uh, activity. And what that means, kind of in practical terms, it seems to me, is that um, uh, the Folks at the beginning of that or at the leading edge of that transition start to see themselves in a different way in the context of this reality. Uh, I live here in a area with a lot of woods and trees and things and 
Uh, I literally come out in the morning and I talk to the trees because I see them as an integral part of kind of this larger kind of reality that I live in. And let me assure you that as an engineer and uh, the way I was uh, raised as a conservative Christian and out of the Midwestern part of the United States, that's not the way I was raised. And so there's a this notion of this expanded kind of sense of who you are and how you integrate into the larger kind of reality. And, you know, you can easily project that into uh, engagement with other life forms that are not terrestrial, you know, call them celestial or stellar or whatever you would like to. Uh, and... Uh, that seems to me this this natural kind of uh, uh, evolutionary kind of process that the humans are moving into a new stage and that uh, kind of the character of that kind of transition is one of in higher kind of levels of awareness and consciousness commonly caused where you see yourself in larger and more integrated kind of terms. Bay FM 99.9 Organic Community Radio. Harvested fresh every day. Yeah, we're listening there to John L. Peterson, who's the founder of the Arlington Institute in West Virginia. Talking some far out stuff there, but uh, it's going to get further out, so stay tuned. And thanks for your texts coming in. We're going to read this one because it is kind of important from a regular listener and a, uh, a double subscriber to Bay FM, um, Nikki Ramone, Mr. Wombat. Uh, I mentioned before that uh, in this region sometimes we think that we're immune to things. He says uh, we are not immune to anything up here, let alone the anti-vaccine movement, which itself is another issue. We have the most visited town region in Australia by international people fresh off the aeroplanes, often arriving with in hours from overseas. We have a local uni that feeds off foreign students, also fresh off the plane. They even had a case, one case of COVID-19 last week at Southern Cross University from a visiting lecturer who tested positive, then closed at Lizardmore, he says Lizardmore, and Gold Coast campuses for a day and told all those who'd been in contact with him all the space to self-isolate. But I would go so far, says the writer here, um, to say that at least one of those told to self-isolate would have gone to the Eat the Street Festival in uh, Lismore on Saturday, where people walk around in close proximity to each other, eating food, licking their fingers and exchanging cash, which is known to contain traces of, well, all sorts of other things, um, and then lick their fingers and so on. Makes self-isolation, restoring, polishing and detailing classic motorcycles, which is what Nikki does, whilst listening to 99.9, a much more attractive proposition. Thanks for that and certainly it's true that the self-isolation thing all sounds very good it's good to give people responsibility for themselves and I certainly am not in support of literally locking people up and uh, using the military or the police to do so however uh, if you're going to self-isolate you're going to have to do the right thing and actually do it hmm. be back in just a short time and we'll play the next piece of the interview here with John Peterson from the Arlington Institute you're tuned to Future Sense 99.9 Bay FM you're resonating right now on Future Sense with Steve McDonald and Nick Jeans. 
Yeah, Ginger Bay FM, it's 10.06 here on Future Sense with Nick Jeans flying solo today and we did talk to my co-host Steve McDonald over there in uh, Washington uh, Dulles Airport waiting to find a way to get out or somewhere, to go somewhere. It's, uh, you know, and you, I'm sure pretty well everyone out there must have friends, loved ones, someone out there in the world seeking to go somewhere or to get home and of course, as you would know now, if you are, if they are coming home, they're going to also be uh, self-isolation for two weeks, even if they're Australian citizens. Also this morning, you may have heard that uh, Woolworths and I think IGA, I'm not sure about Coles, have designated from tomorrow morning from 7am to 8am in the morning, the first hour to be just for uh, pensioners and for disabled people to do shopping. Because clearly those are the people who are finding it much harder to battle uh, the many people in the supermarket. So far, I personally, and hopefully you haven't seen any sort of bad behaviour, so to speak, in uh, local supermarkets, but it does exist in other places, has existed in Australia, has happened overseas too, and we don't want that. So please give the uh, opportunity for those less capable, less able than yourselves to uh, to stock up wherever they need to, to, uh, to do so. And I think also be judicious about stocking up, clearly, because if you start taking everything from the shelves, then that's just not fair, is it? Uh, let's play the next section of this uh, interview with uh, John L. Peterson from the Arlington Institute, one of the top futurists in the world. And as I said, preempting this before, as a futurist, this man listens to much information, which many people will find crazy out there on the edge, uh, fringe stuff, you know, conspiracy theories and the like. But this is what a futurist does, actually, to figure out what actually is the best way to find information that details um, trends that are moving towards the future. And they may be crazy trends. Uh, you know, Galileo once uh, did some crazy stuff and actually thought, hey, you know, the, everything doesn't revolve around the earth, and they all thought he was nuts. <laughs> but that wasn't the case, was it? So let's have a listen to this. John L. Peterson here. And a question from uh, from Mitch Schultz about... Uh, oh, so no, this is from Steve, actually, this question about the, um, about the, the pattern of change and uh, how things move from stability to chaos, the kind of chaos we're in now and then to eventually to a new order. Uh, we talk about this kind of thing on the radio here and how paradigms collapse as new ones emerge or vice versa, new ones emerge as, uh, as one collapses. Someone once said it's almost like, uh, you know, new sprouts come out of the, the compost of the old and to care, to worry too much about the old doesn't give enough energy or thought or momentum to the new things emerging. And, of course, sometimes those new things are difficult to hook into, difficult to understand because they they reach outside your purview, outside your belief system. They reach beyond your value system, uh, beyond your comfortable zone. So given all that, uh, stay open to things that are, that are said generally without going crazy because there are some crazy conspiracy theories out there. Yes, there are. There are some really nutty things going on in the world. Um, but there's also, on the fringes, some real truth that uh, that can be plumbed from those depths, I would suggest. Here on BFM, you're tuned to Future Sense. Let's talk a little about the pattern of change in that, you know, we... You know the the kind of slippery dip profile where we go from stability down into chaos and then back up to a new level. You know, of stability yeah. again, and and also this parallel thing we've got happening where the old paradigm is collapsing at the same time as the new ones. Yeah, rising. sure. There's a very interesting uh, kind of underlying principle that becomes obvious if you study these kinds of things and 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 try to understand how this whole process works. And that, is, and, and and in a sense, it's Einstein uh, uh, distilled it 
when he talks about in, in, in kind of famous terms now about saying that you can't solve a problem uh, from the same level in which it was uh, it was designed and that you've got to be at a different level that you have to see it from a different point of view and uh, in practical terms what that means is that uh, uh, or in, in in just everyday kind of practical terms, is that means is that you that you have to get yourself to a different vantage, to where you break out of or extract yourself from the constraints and the, and the dogma and all of the history and the other kind of things that you brought with you in order to progress. I mean, that's what progression is. All right. I mean, it it's change. It's something. It's something different. But in but in um, in larger scale, in social kind of terms, in species or cultural or what other terms, it almost means humans don't like to change. Humans do not like to, they want predictability, they want the consistency, they want the ability to plan and anticipate and, and, um, and all of that is antithetical to change and it's really tough when you have large-scale change uh, and uh, and and we don't have a history of knowing how to deal with that we don't have we are not taught how to deal with ongoing constant kind of change and how you are intrinsically kind of adaptive and 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 open and agile and the other kind of things that um, are are central to being able to reconfigure yourself to something else and so the mechanism that gets you into that kind of space is that you get driven into a corner and whether this is in personal kind of terms of terms of relationships or personal uh, issues and problems the the way you solve the problem is that you get driven into a corner where there are no other options which then force you to drive you up to another dimension to where you see the world in a different way and pe people and psychologists and therapists and other people to describe it in various kinds of terms but that's the basic idea is that you cannot solve it from there so you've got to whether whatever the environmental kind of pressures are to drive you up to another space and so that's what's that's the process that i think is going on on, on this planet right now is that humanity is being driven into essentially a cul-de-sac into a into a corner from which all of the stuff that we brought with us in terms of history and experience and knowledge and presumptions uh, and none of it kind of freaking works. I mean, there's no way you can get there from here. And the and uh, and and what you've got to constantly and and when you get into extremists, when you're finally without any other options, that then you that becomes obvious that you that you you can't do that. You you are forced into another kind of another place. You're forced into another place just because of the physical problems or the emotional problems or whatever it turns out to be but you start to see the world in a different way because you let go of all of the, the the things that you've been carrying around that have constrained and tied you tied you into a paradigmatic kind of framework and uh, and so i think that's what's happening now and so there is a there is a, in within this kind of model model uh, there's a there's a new world out on the back end of that 
There's an absolute new world that comes out of the back end of that. It's a different level and it operates by definition in fundamentally different ways. Reality does not make sense in that new world from the previous, but from this world where, you know, it, it's a different set of logic and it's different understanding and it's different perceptions and different values. It's a whole, it's a different world. It's a new world. And so what we're in the middle of is this kind of collapse of the old world which uh, you're watching implode all around us. And what's emerging is the, are the threads that are coming together for the tapestry of the, what's going to be the new world. And it's an extraordinary, amazing kind of period of time uh, because it's, it, it, nobody, nobody gets to play in the middle of this space. For all of human history, there's never been an opportunity to build, literally build a new world and, uh, and, and, and you know, be the leading edge of a, no, a new human, uh, essentially, which is necessarily what's going to come out of all of this. And it's not, to me at least, it's not really clear what this new world really is going to be. It could be any of a number of things, and which is why I work with scenarios, alternative worlds, and so that you can kind of look across them all because you, who knows what's going to happen between now and then because you can't predict the future. Uh, any good futurist knows that. And uh, and so it's a, it's a fascinating time where you've got the collapse of the old world and all of the old institutions and the systems and the mindsets and the principles uh, and the emergence of this new kind of integrated uh, larger, more conscious kind of perspective that uh, is going to allow uh, human beings as a species, uh, certainly as, you know, a, 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 a small, or a sm probably a small number, to populate and become the basis for this new world. Bay FM 99.9.1 below boiling. You're tuned to BFM 999, it's 1017 here. And certainly, as I've been saying, regarding anything that we uh, broadcast on this show, it is the opinion or, of uh, ourselves and of uh, those we interview. It is not the opinion of the station. And we certainly don't claim that anything that is spoken here is the truth about anything. It is just other ways of seeing and looking at things. I think John Peterson, as a, as a world-renowned futurist, is certainly worth listening to. He's certainly out there, even for me at times. And you'll hear that in the next section I'll play shortly. But uh, I think very, very worth having listening to. And I really liked what he said there, you know, any good futurist knows that you can't predict the future I and mean, that's really important and um, no matter what we think we know whether you're a futurist or you're a scientist uh, it's doubtful whether we absolutely know which way things are going to uh, unfold so with regards to the current uh, crisis of the coronavirus of course uh, then the best we can do is to as I've been saying uh, endlessly here this morning is to be very uh, discerning and judicious about how to protect yourself and those you you love and be much more be more careful than you think you should be I think that's uh, I'm finding myself doing that my, now too because I'm, I, I tend to be someone who doesn't really uh, worry about things overall doesn't give a lot of credence to those kind of dangers that uh, are pushed out there by the media not saying they don't exist but the way that they're pushed out um, but nevertheless I, I'm finding myself to be a little bit more uh, discerning about what I do and and the like so I think that's good advice generally for all of us you're tuned to future sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald engage emerge activate and spiral up 
Yeah, spiral up. Wow. Don't spiral down. That's probably not helpful, but be practical indeed. And we did talk to Steve McDonald over there in Washington. Uh, We got cut off. We got back on. And I've been playing some of the pieces that he and Mitch Schultz, the Texan Elf, uh, for those who listen to the show, know him well, uh, interviewed John L. Pearson from the Arlington Institute the other day, and I'm playing some segments of that. I'm going to play one more segment. This is this is going out even a bit further where Mitch asks about uh, the most exciting things that are coming. And it's, it's in, in a sense, it's a good salve today to think about the, the larger future in a more positive way. Are we indeed uh, collapsing? Is the whole of civilization actually going through such a crisis that everything is going to come down? And if so, what are the qualities of that? What are the connections that may, might be coming that we aren't aware of, that we don't even believe in perhaps? And how can we in fact prepare if indeed uh, the world is sort of falling apart, which is a pretty hard to argue with and what might emerge from that on a more positive way it's a tricky conversation let's have a listen to this this is another um, seven or eight minutes of this and then we'll be back and uh, as i said we'll be talking or playing the interview that me Armitage uh, had this morning with uh, the gp from um, from lennox head here we go this is uh, futurist john l peterson and first up mitch schultz here on both him nine 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 it's in future sense. world that's emerging, and if you were to say, okay, I can make a prediction or something, what would be some of the most exciting things that you sense that are coming of that new world? Well, trying, trying to guess about what the new world's going to be is, is, uh, is, uh, is very, I mean, it's, I think about that all the time. Uh, I mean, I'm a futurist, after all. Uh, and so... Uh, but, but it's fascinating because uh, there's, a, there's an underlying principle about these, these periods of time, these historical periods of great change, these paradigmatic shifts. And, uh, and, and they are, and one of the, the most fundamental principle that I carry around with me all the time is that you cannot make sense of the world that is going to emerge from the position of the the previous of the previous era, so in trying to think about what this new world might might look like, what you've got to do necessarily is again got to get outside of the box. You got to go find sources that are not part of the past or the status quo because they are locked into the present kind of paradigm, and so that then leads you into kind of interesting and weird people who are out of work in the edges and whether they're channels or psychics or whatever they turn out to be they are not uh, they're not part of the of the the, the standard kind of model uh, if you will of, of what how this all works and when you get out into those kinds of folks uh, and, and by the way, from a future, from, from a practical futurist point of view, if you're working yourself up an exponential curve into a place that nobody's ever been before, and you really are seriously interested in trying to understand what that might be, then then it's kind of stupid to go back to these guys and say what that might because they got no idea. So you got to find yourself some of these sources, and what you necessarily have to do is go. It's unconventional. The unconventional kind of sources, and like I say, whether they're psychics or otherwise, what they're tied into is this larger understanding of reality that is going to be the kind of the core 
kind of organizing notion of what this new world is up here. I mean, and so there are, the way this works is that, that as this world evolves, there are things that pop up all over and start to emerge within the, the corpus of, of the species that are new ideas about economy and new ideas about, you know, all of these things that finally kind of come together at some point and start to become the core kind of organizing, set of organizing ideas of this new world. Well, if you work yourself out to, uh, to these unconventional people who, and, and you've got to be pretty selective on this because there's a lot of weird stuff out there, but if you go out and you start to hear kind of common themes, and the common themes are things like this new human has a, will have the ability to have telepathy. You know that you, you that that, that uh, conversation and vocal conversation the way that we do it is not necessary. And anybody who's lived with somebody for a long time uh, knows that after a while, there are every once in a while you know what they're going to say, and, and it's kind of it's kind of like that. And uh, only far far more. Uh, there's also manifestation what comes out. There's uh, there's this constant notion that says that consciousness is causal and as you learn as you work yourself up there and learn how to to influence and to shape and to manage your consciousness and how you think and to be uh, sensitive to and subtle things in ways that you haven't been before then what happens is that you can start to manifest reality in terms of that uh, that uh, uh, that you've always done but never known that you were doing. And so it becomes the ability to, to help do that in, in quite a different way. Now, that is the mindset, the perspective, the essence of how you deal with the implosion of the old world, uh, which is happening all around us, and in being able with, 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 without fear and with a sense of competence and a clarity about where you're going to be able to start to transit up this, in, up this path to this new world. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a really central issue about this whole, whole process because when the old world implodes, when the political system collapses, when the whole scientific thing, when whatever, when you're when you have catastrophic kind of stuff, when diseases and coronaviruses and whatever it is all to do this, what it's all doing is, is going to your sense of security, your sense of structure, your sense of, of, of principles and, and rules and, and operating instructions and all of that stuff that you came with. And if that all collapses, then you're less you're tethered, you're an untethered balloon. You know, you're just floating around there without, without anything. And so the question is, in that context, is how do you get your personal stuff together such that you, that you are able to navigate and transit into that new space uh, with, a, with, a, with a new, emergent, new human kind of, of sense of, of, uh, of, of purpose and direction that discounts the collapse of all of what you see all going on around you. And that, it seems to me, is the kind of the essential, the essential kind of core characteristics of this emergent new human is that they see themselves in different ways. They, 
see the the external reality at kind of an arm's length, uh, that if they have not internalized it and they're not certainly generating a lot of stress about it. And and more importantly, they have a whether it's explicit or implicit, they have a, a clear idea of that they're of a, of an emergent new world. They have hope. I mean, if you do not have hope in the middle of all of this thing, it's all going to come unglued. And so, from a personal point of view, and so what you're looking for is essentially how do you maintain hope through this? And the way you do that is to to access and shape and develop this new sense of who what a human is and, and from, from the inside out. The, the very interesting uh, kind of thing to me, I think, in all of this is how do you, as this increasingly collapses, as it increasingly looks horrible or catastrophic or disruptive, how do you hold on to and build and and, and, and uh, and embellish uh, that sense of this new, of who you are in this broader sense. And by the way, that it's all gonna be okay. Uh, because uh, this is, um, this is a, uh, a benign, a loving kind of world at, at, at its essence. And there's purpose and direction to this. And uh, uh, we're not the first ones that have gone through this. And there are help, we have help from other dimensions and so on and so forth. You're not, you're not by yourself in all of this. There's a, and once you start to get all of that, then it becomes a really exciting kind of ride because then you're looking for and, and going to some place that nobody's ever been before. And, and by the way, you get a chance to shape it and build it and be part of that. And that's what's exciting to me. That was John L. Peterson from the Arlington Institute in West Virginia, one of the world's top futurists with quite uh, an incredible uh, CV. He's not a crazy dude, but he's talking some far out stuff there. And I do like the fact that he's talking very positively at the end there. And uh, in the light of everything that's going on on the planet and what's happening right now uh, around the world, perhaps um, even if you're personally touched already in one way or the other, uh, to remain as positive as you can and perhaps to see a light at the end of the tunnel, however you particularly configure that for you at this time, because, of course, we are all different. Our value systems, our needs, our desires are all different, and all of that needs to be acknowledged. But at the same time, uh, we're all in this together. If you're interested in more of uh, John L. Peterson from the Arlington Institute, A, you can go to the arlingtoninstitute.org, the website, and also you can uh, tune into the podcast from this program through futuresense.it within about 24 hours or so or earlier uh, for uh, an edited version of uh, all of today's show, and particularly the interviews with um, with John L. Peterson. And uh, I have quite a bit more of them, so I'm. Uh, we may actually just put them on the podcast, and we may also play some next week don't know yet with everything up in the air see how we go we just going with the flow um so but you can check out fs.futuresense.it for the podcast and um, and more information there about uh, about john peterson you've been listening to future sense a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on bay fm in byron bay australia at bayfm.org future sense is available on itunes and soundcloud the future is here now It's just not evenly distributed.